FBA, like this time. Welcome into the Sports Buffoons Podcast. Going out there, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of the world, welcome on into the Sports Buffoon Studios here in Lenexa, Kansas. And what do you know, it guys? Uh, I was gone last week, and now JG is is uh, off working <laughs> remote, from, baby. Working remote today. <laughs> so, what's going on, man? I am on location at my own damn house. How do you like me now? That's right. That's right. Taking care of some personal business from what you were telling us earlier. So, yeah, I get it. I get it. Well, you guys held down the fort pretty well last week, I thought. And you guys had a it's pretty good, a nice. What do you what do you categorize your discussion as last week with your little debates? Categorize it? Yeah, I think that there was like a theme to the debates last week with you guys. I don't like what would you categorize it, Jason? I don't know if I would categorize it. I was told it was a fire debate. Like we're trying to figure out last week which player was more washed, Russell Westbrook or Russell Wilson. So, very like, good. Pick a side, yeah. pick a side, and go at it. And now Russell Wilson. Well, you you uh, were tweeted about it a little bit here that he was in the right. airplane on the way to London in the yes. aisles working out. Yeah, so th- this is typical Russell Wilson that we heard about today. Gosh. First of all, I read this tweet. I can't remember who it was that said it, but it said Russell Wilson was on the way to London. Uh, literally doing high knees down the aisle while other players slept. It was working out for four hours on the eight-hour flight. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is a joke. This is like satire because Russell Wilson's one phony sack these days. And um, no, I, it, it turned out it was actually a true story. And I'm like, wow, this is prime Russell Wilson right here. <laughs> it just keeps getting better and better. Oh, the, the, the legend of Russell Wilson mm. in Denver is incredible right now. So. <laughs> I love it. It's a it's a fairy tale. It's a dream come true. It's exactly what they deserve. So uh, uh, I'll, I'll put it that way. But um, yeah, guys. So so speaking of that Russell Westbrook Russell Wilson debate uh, today, we're going to talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers and Kyrie Irving. Apparently, they have some similarities that we'll dig into later on in the show here. Um, but of course, we're going to have your easy money bet of the week. I finally did take an L. So he did take it. I out. wasn't here though to to and really I, justify. I told everybody of, about that L that you were going to take this weekend. Last yeah, week. well, I was six and zero okay. leading up to this. I was due to get an L, I guess. You know, you can't win them all. You know, so it's just one of those things. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, of course. Uh, Nick Nick Bodkin says uh, y'all ever ain't exercised on a plane before? Before <laughs> nope. that would be now. Can you imagine that? You're, you're getting on your flight, your Southwest Airlines flight, and you're just going down the aisles doing high knees. While they're trying to hand out peanuts. Look over at the bar cart lady and be like, whiskey. yeah, go ahead and make me a Jack and Coke while you're at it over there while I do these high knees. Oh, man. <laughs> make sure you guys go check out the Bakken show afterwards, uh, after our show, because he is going to be doing a week eight preview coming into play tonight. So go check him out. Always a great time over there. So, Well, before we kick into this, Tanner, I just want to let the public know that uh, my, my company has been feeding me very well this week. Uh, we've had lasagna, pot roast, fajitas. Tomorrow's going to be a barbecue. Um, so I'm on a bender. Um, and, and <laughs> on a different type of I am bender. feeling full <laughs> as hell right now. So uh, lunchtime has been quite the extravaganza. Look, I over. gave you the tiny spot for a reason. So you need to make sure you uh, still fit in that area. I'm about to go on a, a week-long fasting <laughs> or pull a Gandhi or something. And just, and just go straight up no food for a month after this week. So Bakken says, don't you dare talk bad about A-Rod. We're not going to talk bad. We're just oh, going to no. talk truthful. Okay. Uh, don't I, you worry yeah, about it. Right. I, I like A-Rod and Irving, but, you know, that'll we'll save that here for a few minutes. But uh, so anyways, guys, uh, Tanner, how you doing? How you feeling? Uh, what are you sipping on? Oh, yeah. I uh, got me a little tequila and Pepsi. I'm out of mineral water. The so. weirdest combination I've ever heard of. Well, I, Who drinks soda with tequila? Don Julio, as a matter of fact. I, I don't know. I just tossed it in. And is it, you like it? Actually, it's pretty damn good. That is the weirdest. If I, I, could, if I could get like a hint of lemon or lime, which I do have upstairs, I should have grabbed it. It'd probably perfect it. Out of all the alcohol I've drank in my life, and it's been a lot of alcohol, tequila with soda has never been one that I've ever even considered doing. So oh, it's solid I'll put stuff. it that way. I do have a, myself, for you, those of you watching, I got a Great Divide Titan IPA sitting right here, as well as... Uh, we got a wicked pickle as well. We're gonna open that puppy up here in just a second, and, and it's just gonna be a sipper. But when I open this up, the whole house is gonna smell like pickles. So what do you feel like that? Hmm? Thirty cases of pickles. oh, here you go. Who smell that? Smell that, Tanner? I know. 
Oh, it's like you've opened peoples. up so many <laughs> before that literally the whole place that we're in yeah. smells like. And it's a, it's a tiny little shot bottle, like airplane wise, like something Russell Wilson oh. could drink while he's doing high knees. And uh, it, it fills up the entire room with a pickle, hot pickle smell, basically. So, uh, Jason, what are you sipping on over there? Well, first of all, I'm not even sitting with you guys, and I can smell that shit all the way over <laughs> here in my house. So that's pretty disgusting. Right now, I've got the uh, Marianne's Pie from Avery mm. Brewing Company. That's go. really good stuff. But uh, more importantly, Mike, I don't want you to feel bad about uh, getting your easy money bet wrong last week because the goal, as we know, is to go 55. You want to have a 55 to a 60% hit rate. And as long as you can do that, you're a professional gambler. So yeah, eventually you're going to lose once, but it doesn't mean that you're not a professional. That's right. But I mean, I still prided myself on going six and zero. but you know, it's, it's all right. Let's get back on the winning track. We'll, we'll go ahead and give those easy money picks here in just a few minutes. But um, Tanner, first and foremost, kick it off. You saw the title, right? Are we we're ready to start it? I think so. Why wouldn't we? We're going to start. We're going to start it right there and then already. Uh, am I missing something? The fire takes. Are we starting the fire takes? The fire takes. Okay, we're starting fire takes. It's time to go fire takes, right? Well, well, well. Uh, so obviously you guys saw the, the title here, and this was actually a funny topic that I think came up more last night than anything today. It was more of a, a feeling that I had and a frustration. I guess I should say two nights ago, a frustration that I've had here, uh, just kind of watching the Chiefs unfold. And, um, you know, we're, we're sitting here in the situation right now, and everyone wants to praise Brett Veach for his what, he, what a great GM he's been for the Chiefs and so on. And as, as if, you know, he's the savior and, and John Dorsey didn't know what the hell he was doing. And uh, Brett Veach is just the guy that's that's here, the, the perfect man, you know, that, that knows exactly what he's doing at all times. And I remember there with you guys back in April during the draft, and here we are on the board, and uh, here we go, Trent McDuffie, who's played about two quarters of football now for the Chiefs. Meanwhile, the guy that intercepted Patrick Mahomes in the Buffalo Bills game, Kyrie Elam, is over there making plays on the field while McDuffie's now missed the last six games. And all as well as George Carl Loftus, who was playing for whatever reason, nose tackle for what, for what seemed like about yeah. uh, 20 snaps this past game against yeah. the 49ers. Um, he's sitting with half a sack on the season. Um, and it's like, I'm looking at the situation and then I look at sky Moore muffing another punt. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, why is he even on the punt field? Why is he even on the punt team returning? He didn't even return kicks uh, in college. That wasn't his role. Yeah, because no somehow, somehow the Chiefs are just going to force Sky Moore to learn how to return punts uh, mm-hmm. on this team. So part of this is also the Chiefs' fault. Part of it's coaching, um, but part of it's also just a lack of production from top-end guys and, that have been taken here by the Chiefs. And I know they're getting playing time, guys that are on the field. I get Good that. I know, words, though. I know Jalen Watson. Top-end guys. I know Jalen Watson has obviously stood out from a seventh-round perspective of, of a great draft pick. And Joshua Williams had an interception this past week on Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo. He finally learned how to track the football. Right. That's that's great. I, I love that. I love – I mean, if, if you take enough corners, eventually you'll get a couple right because we, we took like four of them in the draft. <laughs> but I'm but I'm sitting here watching this Steelers game against the Dolphins, and I'm just – I'm watching George Pickens just become a superstar before our eyes with a with a couple turds at quarterback over there in Pittsburgh at the moment. I mean – Let's, let's be honest, guys. Kenny Pickett's got seven interceptions on the year, and he's he's only played a couple games, really. Um, and then, of course, Trubisky has his own issues. And I'm, just, I'm thinking about this, and I'm, I'm watching Carl Loftus have half a sack for the year and really hardly make any impact whatsoever on the field on a team that needs edge rush pressure. We, we can't generate edge rush pressure, and he's not bringing it. Um, he's just not. He's not. He's not finishing the job. Um, Half a sack through seven games when you're playing every down is not good, guys. And I'm, I'm thinking about Jermaine Johnson, you know, that the Jets ended up taking. All these guys that I just mentioned are, are players, Kyrie Liam, Jermaine Johnson, and George Pickens were all there for the taking for the Chiefs. And we punted every time on those guys for what we got instead. And I'm just, I'm, I'm looking at the situation and thinking about how 
you know, sometimes the, the, the obvious choices seem to miss Veach. And it seems to be more of the obvious choices where it's like, why are you going to pass up on a clear cut top WR1 potential George Pickens? They're in the second round um, to take a five foot nine undersized, can't return punts, Sky Moore. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. It never did at the time. And it's it's frustrating to see him overlook the obvious choices. It's almost like he's he's just trying to go almost too far off the deep it's, end. It's like he doesn't believe the hype. And like he thinks, he goes, oh, there's no way that guy could be better than these three players. And so he just dismisses it. Yeah, that's that's the weird thing to me. It's because I like DK was a similar situation, right? DK where he was like over Hardman. He was a lot of hype during the draft too, and nobody really believed that he was that kind of hype. Well, I, I think that he outsmarts himself sometimes, and I do think Brett yeah. Veach is a smart GM. I mean, I'm not saying oh we got to find a new GM. I mean, I, I I was as you guys know out there, I liked John Dorsey, but um, I think Veach they they slightly f- put in Veach and then then gave him credit for Mahomes as if he was the mastermind behind Mahomes being drafted. When we know for a fact, Mahomes was liked and, and loved by everyone on the Chiefs staff before that that pick was made. So um, they kind of used Mahomes as an excuse to give Feach the job. And it, Mahomes was actually a pretty obvious choice, I think, within the, the staff yeah. over in Kansas City. Um, but regardless, guys, I, I'm, just, I'm just looking at the situation. And yes, the, the problem is that this team does overlook the obvious choices, especially in the early rounds. Now, in the later rounds, I think that he's done a good job uh, with finding guys to round out. Basically, get after the four, after the fourth round, the fifth, sixth, and seventh, he seems to do a pretty good job but, at getting guys for depth. But, but then you have your situations where we can't draft a pass rusher. I mean, Joshua Kando uh, was a complete disaster, was a disaster. Of, a, of a player on this team, and really he's not going to ever go anywhere. I mean, and we're just seeing kind of a situation where the Chiefs are now in, right now in trouble with pass rush, and – uh, Robert Quinn obviously just got traded to the Eagles, so that guy's off yeah, the board for a fourth round. For a fourth round, and pick. they're paying the salary still. The Bears and are. the Bears are still going to pay the salary, right, right, right. And so I, I think at the end of the day, that the pick of Carl Loftus is going to end up being what cost the Chiefs uh, a, a chance to win a Super Bowl this year. Because if you can't get edge rush pressure like you can in Buffalo with Von Miller and and company then you're just not going to be able to pull off wins. You're not going to get victories. Chris Jones can't do it all. No. Um, I mean, that's what we're looking at right now in the D-line pass rush-wise is Chris Jones is being moved all over the place on D-end, interior, and so on. And he's he's making plays. I mean, right now he's the top-graded uh, defensive player in the entire NFL, as a matter of fact, according to Pro Football Focus, which we know how we all feel about that. But still, at the same time, I'm like, okay, he can't be the one doing everything on the D-line. He's not Aaron Donald in his prime. He's not J.J. Watt in his prime either. Uh, Chris Jones is a very, very good player for sure. Um, but we need help. And Frank Clark's now going to be out for two games due to a suspension re- regarding relating to his, uh, gu- gun, his gun charges from 2021 in the state of California, by the way, which if it was if this happened in other states, then there would have never been any suspension or arrest in the first place, by the way. Um, anyways, you guys, my whole point is, I'm a little exhausted with Brett Veach and the the love we all want to give him and praise him like he is just some kind of genius. And the fact is, he he outsmarts himself, similar to how Andy Reid does at times on the football field uh, with getting too cute and and thinking you're just going to outsmart the opponent and you're going to get in the red zone and we're going to we're going to call this wild double back reverse flip around three times and and chuck it up in the air and do this or that and and all of a sudden it's going to be the cutest thing in the entire world and Andy Reid's been doing that here in Kansas City forever that's that's part of the problem in the red zone that we can't punch it in well Brett Veach can't just punch in the obvious choices in the draft and that's something that I've I've now watched and I'm frustrated with and I'm um, just seeing success from Kyrie Elam, George Pickens, Jermaine Johnson in New York, uh, and seeing what we have to work with right now is something that I have a problem with. So, uh, anyways, that guys, that's that's my fire take of the day for you out there. You're listening, JG. What do you got on that? Uh, right quick. I mean, when I think about Brett Veach, I mean, he's like you said, Mike. He is a good GM, but he's to me, he's not a great GM, and I just feel like he's kind of like always building for the future. Because you think about guys like Karloftis, 
um, Trent McDuffie. We don't really know what these guys are right now, but they could be really good pieces in the future. It's kind of like, and I, that's kind of how I think about McCole Hardman. I mean, look how long it took McCole Hardman to have an impact on this team. And it, I just feel like it's almost like Brett Beach just punted on this year. And he kind of thinks of it in terms of, you know, well, we've always got to be building for the future. Mahomes is going to be around here forever. So, you know, let's let's try to build for the future and not worry too much about winning right now. And I just I'm sure most of the fans out there would agree with me. That's not how you should approach this. I think you should always be trying to win right now and also build for the future at the same time. But especially on this team right now, Jason, because the pass rush thing is the most irritating one of all, because we needed an impact player immediately, not a project. Because when we when we drafted Carl Loftus, Jason, you asked me, is he a project player? And I, I texted you right back and I was like, yes. He is a project, and I, I don't think we had time to have a project at the end. Yes, but we're five and two. Wasn't Dunlap supposed to be that pass rusher that you should would have gotten? I mean, I would hope so, but Dunlap's also he, thirty-three years old. I mean, yeah, I don't know how much. I think we I thought I thought he was him. that immediate guy that basically replaces what Melvin would have been here. Yeah, I mean, in theory, it would have been it would be nice right now to get more so, production. So they made a move; it just may not right. have been. But the, if you just made the right move in correct. the first place, you would have never had to worry about getting Dunlap at all. If you draft the correct player instead of throwing a Carl Loftus in there who's a tryhard, uh, that's that's my problem. Is that we we needed to make a move that's going to make an impact on the team immediately, and Carl Loftus was not the right pick. That's that's my right. take. Yeah, even a guy like Carlos Dunlap, though, he's just a bridge player to get us by until next year. He's not necessarily a guy that's that's going to help you win a Super Bowl. And I, I just feel like we're, we're getting these guys like Dunlap to come in just for a year just to kind of get by. But it, it just feels like we're trying to build up for the future and not so much for the present. That's my take on it. Fair. Fair take. You realize if Twitter heard me say all these things, then they'd be. I mean, we're on Twitter. Dive bombing. We're right on now. Twitter live right now. Because so Twitter I'm is. Waiting. <laughs> Twitter is is you know giving Griffin Veach the wrap around uh, at the same time as a, as a going ahead and choking the chicken with him. Um, it's so just, <laughs> tw- Twitter is a big fan of Mr. Veach, and you can't. God dare you ever say anything wrong about Brett Veach? He's perfect. So because I do want to know more here on your thoughts. So you're saying this year's NFL job should have been one by execution of right up front now instead of keeping depth for the future. No, I want my picks in the first two rounds to be immediate impact players. So like a Nick Bolton type. Yes. And Nick Bolton was a great pick. Absolutely. I, and so was Creed Humphrey, guys. Yes. Like, Creed. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's. I'm not saying Beach doesn't know how to draft. I'm not saying that. I'm saying he outsmarts himself too often on the obvious choices. And... He goes for especially the reach, this year over of what just could have been easier at oh, hand. Yeah, and especially this year because of the, the positions he took were of positions of need on this team, right? Between receiver, cornerback, defensive end. All three of those guys are not producing on this team right now at all. And Trey McDuffie, Correct. we could sit here and go, oh, we can't wait for him to come back. We don't know who he is yet. We don't. We don't know how good he's going to be at all. But I do know. He's had an injury in the first game of the season. He's now missed six games. And look, if you're not on the field producing, to me, you you're nothing. And I, I'm just I'm I'm cutthroat like that as far as the way I expect production from players. And nor do I want him to be injury prone. You know what I mean? Like I, I my first three picks that we took in this draft here with the Chiefs, uh, uh, like with, with between Sky and so on, there was three other names that I've mentioned now who are all producing for their respective teams in a huge way. And we're watching George Pickens become a superstar before our eyes when he was on the board when Sky Moore, when we, when we tried to back more to take Sky Moore later. Yeah. He was on the board. It could, it, we could have easily had Pickens, which then allows you so much more uh, ability down the road to, first of all, you're going to have Pickens for, for four or five years minimum before you have to give him a new contract. Juju Smith-Schuster, and you can work on that deal as time goes. But then at that point, you're you're locked and loaded at receiver. And right now we're staring at a situation where we we don't have a guy that can field punts 
And they're scared to put Miko Hardman back there for some reason. Sky Moore somehow is just thrown out there to do punts because he's not been productive in any other way on this team yet. So yeah, that's fair. I, I have a problem with, with the guys on the field not producing or the guys who are not on the field not being available. And by the way, that's my problem. Uh, in terms of talking about Trent McDuffie here, if you're an injury-prone player, and I hope that's not the case with him, but if he is, we don't use that as an excuse for Brett Beach. That is still a failed draft pick. Right. If he turns out to be injury-prone, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter the reason why you're not on the field. It just matters that you're not on the field. And right. I would still look at that as a failed draft pick if he's a, a an injury-prone player moving forward. Yeah. Right, and that's my point. And the last big secondary player I can think of that we drafted that was that not maybe V-chair, mm-hmm. outside of V-chair, that was big hype. You know, he had talent when he was on the field, but he was never on the field with Sanders Cummings. Yeah, Sanders Cummings, well, yeah. He was, he was pretty talented, but sure. he couldn't stay no, he, healthy. He, he, if he even looked at the field, he would get injured again. Yeah, and that was Sanders that was the issue. problem, you know. <laughs> the, guy, the guy was a great athlete. He ran like a 4-3. I mean, people expect I mean, he, he made plays on the field, too, but at yeah. the same time, he just couldn't stay right. on it. And I just want to reiterate one more time, though. I'm not sitting here saying Brett Veach doesn't know how to draft. I'm saying he overthinks on those early round picks and has an issue with just making the easy choice when it's right in front of your face. He wants to be slick and sly and overthink everything he does. And I think that's something that's a hindrance to him as a GM. And uh, I think sometimes you need to step back and go, like, here, we got we got this prototype corner right in front of our face, prototype receiver right in front of our face that we should be taking. We don't need to be taking, you know, this undersized nickel corner we need an outside corner because guess what? Legereus Sneed, when he's when he's playing the nickel position, is probably the best nickel in the entire NFL. But what's happening right now is he's being forced to play outside more because we need that outside help at the moment. Where if you take Kyer Elam, you can move Elam outside, which is his natural spot. Let Sneed just literally live in the nickel, which is what he's best at, and basically be Charles Tillman. And <laughs> we, we can't do that right now because we, we drafted a nickel instead. When we already had a great nickel. It's weird we're talking bad about a draft about a team that's fourth best record, you know, in the NFL. So oh, I just I, guys kind of crazy. I gotta have some negativity here and there every once in a while. So, you know Keep what I'm it saying? Real, right? You know what I mean? I'm, Keep I'm, it real. I'm here to bring down the energy every once in a while. <laughs> oh man. Such great greatness right there. Uh let's see here. Hang on. I get my mouse to work. All right, Jason. Who gets it? Who gets another ring first? Aaron Rodgers, the myth, the man, the legend up there in Lambeau, or the guy that's playing right now on my TV with my brother down there watching the game, Mr. Kyrie Irving of the Brooklyn Nets. Who gets another ring first, or do they? Well, since you guys are watching that game right now, I'll go ahead and start with Kyrie Irving. So very early in the season right now, but I – we all still expect the Nets to um, have a lot of issues this year. I think most people are picking Milwaukee or the Boston Celtics to come out of the East. And I think my biggest issue with the Nets and Kyrie Irving is just the fact that it's going to take a while for these guys to fit. So Ben Simmons, I mean, a guy hasn't even played basketball for um, I don't know, going on three years now. And this, this is like his first action playing the game of basketball. So he's he's still trying to get a feel for the game, but also trying to get a feel for this new team. And so I think when I look at Kyrie Irving, um, he's going to be 31 years old at the end of the season. He's a small guard. We all know that small guards don't necessarily age well. And while Kyrie is a, an elite talent, he's already averaging 27, three and six so far this year. His, uh, his other guy on his team, Kevin Durant is 34 years old. And so, you know, these guys are getting old, dude. And like, if, if this was like, if they were two or three years younger and this was a team that the pieces actually fit, then sure. I would say, yeah, they're going to win another championship, but, it's going to be very, very difficult um, for him to do that. And that's why I wanted to compare him to uh, Aaron Rodgers, because 
we all know that Aaron Rodgers, Kyrie Irving, they both have very unique personalities. And for that reason, they're, they're both players that people really love to hate. Um, they hate both these guys. People hate Kyrie. They hate Aaron Rodgers. Um, right now, Aaron Rodgers, I think he's, he's, he's in a better position to, to win uh, another championship before he retires. Is he? Uh, before I go any further, I will just tell you that neither one of these guys are going to win another championship before they retire. So the correct answer is neither player will get another ring. But um, if you wanted me to give you the guy that has the best chance, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. And my main reasoning for that is because I feel like it's it's much easier to improve your roster faster in the NFL than it is in the NBA because you have a lot more rounds in the NFL draft to try to improve that team from year to year. And so, and the other part of it is just like the NFC is so weak right now. I feel like Aaron Rodgers being only 39 years old, I feel like, you know, in, in the next two to three years, they, they might still be able to improve that roster to the point where the Packers can move through and win the NFC and at least be able to make it to the Super Bowl. And so I, I would give Aaron Rodgers a little bit better chance um, than Kyrie, although obviously we all know that Green Bay is having a rough go of it so far this year. Um, but also with Aaron Rodgers' age, you know, 39 years old at the end of this season, I mean, Tom Brady's already proven that when you're a quarterback, you can you can play well into your mid-40s. Um, and so if Aaron Rodgers decides not to retire, if he decides to play two or three more years, I feel like he's got a much better chance of getting another championship ring than does Kyrie Irving. Well, just real quick, I, I do want to point out that t- Tom Brady being successful in his mid-40s like you know, that's an anomaly, right? Like you know, this like just just because he's a quarterback doesn't mean you can go out there and and play well in your forties. He's literally the greatest to ever do it, and no quarterbacks even come close to touching what he's done in his forties. Rodgers, in my opinion, I mean, obviously he didn't even have the health that Tom Brady has either, no. as he as he's aging. Um, Brady just is a is a different level of human in a lot of ways, and has the the, the perfect diet, perfect structure in his life as far as regarding his health and that's what's made him so great at this you know at 45 years old um so i just want to throw that out there before we go any further basically i i would push back on that a little bit mike i it is actually an anomaly but there are reasons why tom brady is playing this long and one of the big reasons is because the nfl is making it more and more difficult as the years go by to even lay a finger on the quarterback and I'm not sitting here and telling you that Aaron Rodgers is going to play till 45. I'm just saying, let's just say hypothetically that he plays till age 42. Well, I mean, I think that he could have a healthy, productive career for the next two to three years if he decides to play, which we all know that he's, you know, he, he could be a guy that just says, fuck it and tries to retire next year. But I think as the rules change and the NFL has – more and more problems with these quarterbacks being touched. I mean, for God's sake, you can't even fart on a quarterback or they're going to throw a damn flag. I think that's yeah. that's what yeah. gives guys like Tom Brady the chance to play later into the career. So, yeah, I mean, when you compare it to the rest of history, sure, it's an anomaly, but I think the way the rules are nowadays that you have a much greater chance of, of quarterbacks playing well into their early to mid 40s. Well, when Brett Favre turned 40, he went to the Vikings and had a career year. So maybe that's what uh, Mr. Rogers needs. Get over there with right. Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson and light him up. All right. Before I uh, I go on my little tangent here, Carlos chimes in here. Carlos, man, New York, appreciate you coming in. As always, you do every week. He goes, the Packers are done. That coach is terrible. Tom Brady has issue, issues using apps on the Microsoft tablets. <laughs> <laughs> using the apps? the apps that's why he slams them uh rogers and brady have beautiful hair i'm in my 40s my hair sucks <laughs> he goes yeah roughing roughing is a penalty but it doesn't mean these guys are not getting hit that's very correct too these guys are still getting banged up they're just not they're they're still getting hit and that's why the roughing the penalty 
it's happening too. So they're going to hit one way or the other. They're going to get hit a lot too if you're Rodgers when you have a bunch of naive receivers. You can't get open in a bum and you're going to take more sacks than you ever have in your career. So he will be getting hit more because he can't make things happen on his own. Right. So Aaron Rodgers, Kyrie Irving, if I had to choose one, right? I agree with Jason and, you know, Mike, I think he's going to say the same thing. Neither of these guys are getting, getting a ring here in their career coming forward. <clears throat> but if I was to choose which one would have gotten or would be getting one first, uh, my choice would be Kyrie Irving. And for a pretty simple case here, uh, Kyrie Irving has Kevin Durant with him. Kevin Kyrie Irving has some some actually promising players on that team if they can execute. If Ben Simmons can get back to his defensive self, that team could be different. Aaron Rodgers, on the other hand, has Aaron Jones, a bum A.J. Dillon who can't seem to get anything rolling, and a bunch of bum receivers. And guess what? He's playing for the Packers organization. Tell me the last big move that Green Bay Packers made. They don't make big moves, Tanner. Thank you. Do they sign players? Uh, no. No. Oh, thank you. Okay. Okay. Aaron Rodgers is needing some help, and he's not going to get that help as long as he's in Green Bay. Well, the rumor is Donald Driver's coming back. I, I might as well. <laughs> Jordy Nelson, probably out on a farm in Manhattan. They're going right to bring now. back Mark Chamara, Dorsey Levins, <laughs> and Donald Driver, and it's going to be the uh, 2001 Packers all over again. Reunion, baby. Get that going back. Look, it's awful right now. And Green, like Aaron Rodgers knows this even though he keeps stating that he's not worried about his record, but I think it's just Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers. Look, that Aaron Rodgers has no chance of winning a ring as long as Green Bay continues to do what Green Bay does historically, not sign players and not go out and make midseason trades for big names. Outside of that, Aaron Rodgers needs to be either retiring next year or trying to get the hell out of there. But with his frustrations... That's, I've got a simple solution to that. You go into the draft next year and you just draft all receivers. You're, you're going to hit on two of them if you draft seven wide receivers well, in one draft. Well, you need what an offensive line, too. They took a couple good receivers this year. I, I still yeah. think Christian Watson could be good. I think Romeo Dobbs is, is pretty good. I, I, I think he's pretty good, too. I mean, so I think there's there's some talent there for sure. But It's just health. If you're Aaron Rodgers, your best bet to win another title is literally to leave Green Bay after this season. Like you're, get, That get is out, the truth. Get out. Go have somewhere. an opportunity to pull a Tom Brady. Guys, pull a Tom Brady. Go to a team that's already loaded with talent guess like what? he did in Tampa Bay. Guess what? That 49ers job is wide open next year still. And it's they, and wide would, open next year. I'll tell you still. what, Kyle Shanahan would love to have Debo, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah. Christian, Mc, Christian McCaffrey. At Brandon Ayuk. Right. George Kittle. Right. This would be, wow. if, if Rodgers had that, he would be in love. Squad right there. He'd be, he'd be 40 right. years old and just in love. But, guys, why would you throw Aaron Rodgers? on that roster when you already have Jimmy Garoppolo, who is a top six passer. Right. Why would you bother the with the Jimmy G? Would you, you want guys to... realize he's the top six passer okay. rating in the history yes. of the NFL? But Jason, also, who's the most <laughs> efficient quarterback of all time in NFL history? Statistically. Statistically. The, the most efficient quarterback of all time. And what I mean by that is, is touchdown-interception ratio. And the least interception percentage in NFL history, as well as production, is Aaron Rodgers. So if you're the 49ers, who obviously care a lot about not turning the ball over, and Trey Lance, we don't know what the hell he's going to become when he comes back from injury next year. (laughs) And obviously they were okay with with letting Garoppolo sit or be released or traded at some point uh, going into this season. Of course, right now they have no choice. But if if you're the 49ers, I'd be throwing whatever the hell... Rogers whatever Rogers wants. Whatever the Packers and Rogers want. I'd yeah. throw everything at him and try to get him. Here's the traffic. Rogers is going to be happy because he's going to have talent everywhere on that team. Mm-hmm. And Kyle Shanahan's going to be happy because he's going to have a quarterback who not only does not turn the ball over, like we saw Jimmy Garoppolo do against the Chiefs here this past week, but also is just extremely efficient in knowing how to get guys the ball in space. And that's what Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayak do best once they're in space is as I make plays, and I, plays. I, think, I, I just think that it's a better situation. It's, so I saw I'm not stating the fact that he's going to go there, but it's a great situation. If you're going to think if Aaron Rodgers is going to move anywhere, that'd be the spot. We talked about Tom Brady at one point going to the 49ers too. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, Aaron Rodgers is actually a better fit for that offense than Tom Brady would have been big time. I'll tell you that much. So yeah, I'm I, saying I that's totally probably the best spot. You guys. I mean, 
And now that you bring it up, I mean, the 49ers, if they're looking at this at the end of the year, they have to do that deal. They have to bring in Aaron Rodgers. I mean, because with the roster that they have right now, you have to go all in. I mean, you'd be stupid not to. I, I would, because you can you can win a Super Bowl with with that. You know, even though he'll be forty years old, uh, with the amount of talent you have on that team, it's I mean, like you have a you could win the Super look Bowl. Look what he did when he had Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, uh, last year. Mm-hmm. And granted, they didn't do crap in the playoffs, but they were one of the best, if not close to the best team in the NFL. And when he has a weapon like a Devontae Adams type, which a Debo can be, he has the potential to be. And Chris McCaffrey's right up there with Aaron Jones. Like, I, I think it's a perfect combination deal. Now you just add in the extra tight end, a tight end that's better than Tunyon, and with uh, with Kittle. But I guess I guess we're just thinking hypothetically. I right mean, now. yeah, I, like, I'm just stating, like, if Aaron Rodgers is going to win a title, he has to get out of Green Bay. But as long as he's in Green Bay, Kyrie Irving sits there. Yeah, and he, Kyrie if, Irving could easily win a title. If I had to pick one or the other right now, given their current circumstance, I'll take Kyrie Irving. Yeah, to win a win a title before Aaron Rodgers. But well, if, if you guys both are agreeing on that, then it's got to happen this year, because because by the time we roll around this time next year, if they don't win it this year, those two guys are going to be old bums. I mean, I'm telling you, they're going to fall apart. Well, then so the if answer, Kyrie. If you think Kyrie has the best chance, it's got to happen now. And I just don't see it happening this year. So then the answer is like what you said a minute ago. The answer is neither. 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 Neither neither. Neither one is going to win another Super Bowl or NBA title in their careers. It's they both got their ring. You know, they both won at least. Yeah. Right. At this point. Uh, So that's it. I mean, they got their they got their one. Kyrie thinks he's Kyrie won two. Is that right, Tanner? Kyrie? Only yeah, Kyrie. One. He's only he's one. only he's so only both have only won one then. Yeah. He's only okay. No, I'm I'm with you guys. No, the answer is Rogers. Just the one. And he, he we just spoke it into existence. He's going to play for the 49ers next year. I would love to see it. I'd love to see it actually. Be I, I would feel better for Rogers' sake in that situation because he'd be happier. Um, you know, he could hang out with all the Fruit Loops in Fort in San Francisco. So. Hey, why not a Trey Lance for Aaron Rodgers trade plus some draft picks? There you go. Boom. Oh, Trey! Yeah, there you go. Send Trey Lance over to Green Bay. There you go. No, dude, you give him Garoppolo and Trey Lance. Give him both of those guys. <laughs> Might Trey, as well. Trey Lance can't get away from that guy. <laughs> uh, he says, uh, uh, "Carlos says Kyle Shanahan would mess that team up. Jimmy G is not mobile. Cannot run that system 100. percent Does anybody right. know if Love can even be a QB? No, we already know it's, he can't. He he's not good. He's not. He's not it. Jordan Love's not good. Christian McCaffrey can't be blocking at all and says, just let him run and catch. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey just run and catch. That's what I'm in. So, right. uh, but yeah, I think that kind of sells the debate there. Um, we think Aaron Rodgers could be it if he gets the hell out of there. Yeah, if he goes to San Fran, man, it'll be a lot of fun to watch. Falcons going to hate that take. Oh, but, I know you will because, I mean, for the Packers' sake, I mean, but he has to know his team. Like, they're not going to make moves. Well, he's got to be honest because yes. the Packers need to kind of start over here pretty soon. See, we're not hating on Rodgers. I told him we were going to tell the truth, and guess what? We told the truth. So. Right. And I said Rodgers is the most efficient quarterback in NFL history, which is true. It, it is true. So, so take that for what it's worth. All right. We're going to hop into our final hot take, fire take here coming into play. JG, I'm going to let you start this one off here once again. Who's the NFL MVP? Through seven weeks. Oh, that's and if you don't say Saquon Barkley, I'm gonna. (laughs) Well, we know what Tanner thinks. Well, I mean, there's a lot of guys out there that like Geno Smith right now. Um, I'm not hating against it. I'm not gonna go there. I think through seven weeks, I'm not hating against it. Yeah, Geno is gonna be comeback player of the year, but that's MVP right now. I I think it's basically a two horse race, but. I'm not going to count out Joe Burrow here. I think that as wait, the wait, 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 wait. You're picking JB in over Geno Smith? Are you kidding me right well, now? Well, hey, have you paid attention to Burrow lately? Have you paid attention to Geno? Nobody's okay, paying no. attention to Joe Burrow, and that's that's exactly why he will be in this discussion by the end of the year. But right now, guys, it's all about Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Um, so I, I would give the edge right now. I mean, if they're going to give out the award right now, it's going to go to Josh Allen. You know, those two guys, Mahomes and Josh Allen, they've, they've got about the same passer rating and completion percentage. Uh, but Josh Allen has obviously done more on the ground with the 257 yards and two touchdowns. 
I think it's going to be a close race. However, this thing ends up, I think Joe Burrow, like I said, could make a push towards the end of the year, but you had to give, give out the award right now. I'm giving it to Josh Allen because I mean, quite honestly, he's the best player on the best team and I don't want to oversimplify it, but um, he's, he's a dual threat guy. And we all know that Mahomes is able to do a lot of things on his legs as well, but um, just looking at their numbers right now, I would give the award to Josh Allen. I don't blame you, Jason. I mean, you're not saying anything that's wrong there. I mean, Josh Allen did win head-to-head against Mahomes so far this year. Um, so he got that taken care of. And, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, he is the best player on the current best team in the league. I know that the Eagles are undefeated and Jalen Hurts has played very, very well. But Jalen Hurts also only has six touchdowns, two interceptions, and has done some great work on the ground. But I just – I haven't, I, know I can't put him above – what Mahomes and Allen have done, but saying hurts. Talk about Jalen Hurts. Just just his production when he's done. Tanner wants to go that route right now because oh they're undefeated. Um, but Patrick Mahomes, guys, uh, walking into a situation it's... with an all new receiving core other than Michael Hardman leads the team leads the league in passing yards and touchdowns right now. And you're working with a team that you know you you, you brought in Juju Smith Schuster, Marcos Valdez Scaling. You got to deal with Sky Moore. You got Justin Watson mm-hmm. on the team. And you're you're working a bunch of three tight end sets with Noah Gray and Jody Fortson right now on the field a lot. Um, he's working with a whole new uh, plethora of receiving options basically on the field right now compared to what he had a year ago. And he is making all of those guys that I just named off, other than maybe Sky Moore, look like studs. And uh, it's it's hard to do that. It's hard to make all yeah. these guys that I'm talking about look like studs. Um, cause they're not necessarily all studs. I mean, Mark was Volta scaling work with Aaron Rodgers, and for like, what was it? Four years. And he's actually having his best career statistically so far right now in Kansas city with Mahomes. Yep. So put that in perspective guys that even Aaron Rodgers couldn't make MVS look this good. And, uh, here we are right now after a hundred yard game again for Marquez, I'm just, I'm just going to say, me or Patrick Mahomes is doing probably the best with the most difficult situation, given the circumstance that he came into with the season. You are right. I do want to go the Jalen Hurts route. I knew you would. Okay, I do want to. I'm not going to, but I do want to. And I think Hurts is gonna uh be up in that range come towards the end of the year when we start really talking about it here. I really do think he's in that contention, at least that top five. Mark of MVP. I can take top five. I I, I really do. And Tart hurts is having a hell of a year. So I can take uh, Josh Allen is my MVP through week seven. Fair. It's not Daniel Jones. That's everybody's predicting. Ben Roethlisberger, Daniel Jones. DJ, man, DJ right now is killing it. I appreciate him, but I don't think he's there yet. Well, last year, last year you had Sam Darnold, but that was through yeah, three Sam, weeks. Sam Darnold that was through three weeks. Was the MVP. <laughs> okay, that was through three weeks. Don't you hate on me through three weeks? Uh, Josh Allen, I think has proved his worth through some really hard wins and some really hard situations. Uh, particularly the thing that comes back to me on this season alone of when Josh Allen kind of showed that, Hey, I am on a different level. I'm up there with the Mahomes area is that Baltimore game. They were down 20, what? 21, nothing going into halftime, bad weather and everything. And Josh Allen essentially took took it over himself in the second half defense did their job luckily it's baltimore but josh allen took it over that second half and ended up winning that game after halftime so uh he he used his legs his body and it was i don't know it's just kind of overall deal for him that that's the game that stands out for me it's not really the chiefs game it's not the miami game that you know they end up losing it's that baltimore game and it's because he was doing a lot of draws and a lot of taking himself when there was nothing open. He got, it's like he made smart decisions during halftime. He had his own deal and he's like, look, I got it. I got to be able to get to execute here. I'm not, we're in a bad weather. I can't throw the ball. Receivers aren't helping me. How do I get, how do I, how do we get this win? And he took it over himself by running the ball really well, being tough against that tough Baltimore defense at the time was healthy at the time was healthy, so they're usually pretty good when they are healthy. So uh, that game, and then, of course, just going back and forth once again with uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs um, kind of just solidified it for me. Like, that's 
Josh Allen is the guy to beat for MVP this season. And he, you know, the way he's looking right now, moving that team, and it's a guy that can use his body uh, a little bit more forcefully than a Patrick Mahomes because he has that, that girth, right? So give me give me Josh Allen, MVP, through week seven, possibly at the end of the year. Yeah, and I think uh, you mentioned, Mike, that uh, Mahomes actually has more passing yards right now. That's true. But yeah, he does. Um, after after this week, that's not going to be the case because Josh Allen's already had his bye week. Mahomes going into his bye week. So I think uh, after this week, Josh Allen will have surpassed Mahomes in terms of the passing yards as well. So let me ask you guys this question. Let's just stay in health, right? Everybody stays healthy and everything coming to play. Between, let's say it's going down between Josh Allen and Patrick Holmes in the season. Is it whoever gets that one seed gets the MVP? Probably. I mean, because if you, if, first of all, if you get the one seed between the Chiefs and Bills, it's going to be because of that head to head win that the Bills just had against Kansas City here in uh, what week five. Yeah. It's going to be because of that game. So if you end up with the one seed, you are at that point the best player on the best team with the one seed and you have a bye week in the playoffs, uh, how could you not be MVP at that point? Yeah. So I'm, like, uh, I'm just checking. That's all. Know, that would be my main thing is, yeah, I mean, th- at this point, he's probably – he probably is the front runner. I, I can make a case for Mahomes, which is what I just tried to do there. Um, it's a I, 1A, I 1B situation. Of, because Allen did get a victory over the Chiefs and, and Mahomes, you know, he fought hard in that Bills game for sure. Bills came to play without a doubt. Yeah, um, I, I think that you, you still got to give right now Ellen the nudge on all that. But but it doesn't mean that, you know, come week 17 and 18, the, those kind of things can change. Because, I mean, of course, we, we still have a, plenty of season left to go. So things can, of course, change over time. True that. Um, guys, I just want to remind you here, if you are watching on our channel here, please make sure you like, subscribe, and follow us here. If you're on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube, Sports Buffoons here, make sure you guys give us a like, subscribe here. We're on every Wednesday, 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Uh, Central. So, Tanner, are you ready for my favorite segment of the week? Oh, is it that time? Well, it's a time for the uh, NFL, or just not even NFL, but our easy money bet of the week. Now I want to say yeah. something real quick is that <laughs> guys, I guess I was six and oh, I took an L last week on my pick. Um, the Buccaneers were a complete disaster, but I'm not going to lose two weeks in a row. And I, you guys might think my, my pick this week is going to be something stupid. And you might think it's a lame pick as a matter of fact, um, which that's fine. I'm here to win you guys money. I'm not here to be flashy and fancy. I'm here to give you guys the best option for making money of this week and do we so you want me to do a rundown real quick uh, you can do a rundown tanner go for it yeah, so we're gonna recap week seven guys on the bets i got my notebook because i'm um, keeping track of this crap here uh so mike here had the bucks uh covering the 11 point spread last week against carolina uh the uh the carolina panthers ended up beating the buccaneers pretty can, funny can you do this like what's that what's that tv show mari maori how do you how do you pronounce that guy's name mari mari where he goes it turns out that was a lie <laughs> <laughs> i'll do it on mine how about that because that's gonna be even better uh jg had houston plus seven that didn't go well and but he did have the bears plus eight which did really well. So he did go one for one last week. Uh, I had New England covering the eight. That didn't go well. But Oklahoma State money line against Texas. Man. And Oklahoma State won, baby. So, Tanner, you need to be like. That was a plus 200, too, by the way. Like, you got you to be like. And, and Tanner said that New England would be covering the eight points. And the results show. That was a lie. That was a lie. That was a big lie. <laughs> and then you see, then you see a big woman running across the street, <laughs> going to cry in the back room. So, so our overall records this season here: Mike is now six and one, JG is two and seven, and myself no, is that's a lie. two that's a and lie. six. I've got a seventy-five percent hit rate. I don't know what you're talking about. 
yeah, uh, something something like that. He's close, somewhere close to around that range, right? <laughs> somewhere around it. And the test results mm. determined that was a lie. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike, I'll let you start her off since uh, you're kind of the guy right now. All right, easy enough, guys. This is not a flashy pick this week by any means, but I'm just here to try to win you some money. So right now we're staring at a situation where we have the sneaky Houston Texans going up against the AFC's currently, I think, third best team. And on a four-game winning streak, the Tennessee Titans are minus two in this game at Houston. Now, I know what Jason's thinking, because Jason's always all about taking those Texans to cover every damn game. No, you always bet Houston. You always always bet Houston. Houston. (laughs) That's that's his theory. (laughs) But uh, that actually is what makes me not want to bet Houston, as a matter of fact. (laughs) (laughs) So... I'll take my 83% hit rate and take that over. So I'm taking the Titans to cover minus two on the Texans this week um, because, first of all, they're on a roll. They got uh, Derrick Henry, of course, running really great right now, as usual. No surprise. And they can control the game. They have a really good defense right now, getting lots of pressure. They're getting turnovers. They're making plays. I like Tennessee's defense to do their job and create turnovers. I also like Derrick Henry to put up a buck 50 on the ground against the Texans. Um, so yes, give me the Texan or give me the Titans minus two and a half in this game. And uh, I, cause first of all, I'm just gonna tell you right now, the Texans are not going to win this game, nor will this be a one or two point difference. The Titans are going to take care of business in this one. And uh, you guys will see that. So go ahead and take all your little monies and just throw it all down. And uh, put put five hundred dollars on the Titans to to cover two minus two. All right, JG, what do you got? Yeah, you know, as bad as I want to go against you on that, Mike, I'm going to take a little break on Houston this week. Just just give it a little break with the Houston Texans. So I'm going to go dip with a different game here, guys. And you know, this NFL season has just been kind of whack in terms of sports betting. Uh, these games have been kind of all over the place. So. I'm going to go with that Sunday night game, Bills hosting the Packers. And I do have the Bills winning this game, but um, Bills are minus 11. And I just don't see how it's possible for them to cover that. I think Green Bay has a good enough defense to turn things around. And quite frankly, I think their their receiver core, while it's probably not going to do them too many favors, if they make it to the playoffs, I think those receivers are, are not as bad as we think they are. And so I'm going to take the Packers to cover the 11 points in this game. And I could actually see this being a close game. And so I'll, I'll take the Packers on Sunday night. Yeah. All right. Well, nice. you, you just had one bet. Holy crap. <clears throat> you put all your energy into one bet. I, that's what I do. I know. I know. I got one bet a week. I got to catch up. Put all my energy into it. So what I'm going to do here is give me uh, – I'm going to do a college bet, NFL bet this week here again. So give me number four, Michigan, covering the 22-and-a-half of Michigan State. Uh, you can get that on BetMGN at minus 105. So Michigan covering the 22-and-a-half. Yeah, it's a big score, but Michigan State is – Awful. Um, hang on. That's pulling up my odds here. You're going to have an NFL bet, Tanner? I am. I am. You're an NFL. Is this, should this be a parlay, maybe? No, I wouldn't parlay. No parlay? No okay. parlay. See, he doesn't have confidence in himself to just freaking nail this one. Oh, uh, oh here, here's the one. Here's the other one I liked uh, this week. Uh, give me the Bears after a big win against New England at plus nine and a half on Dallas. This weekend, you find that at minus one hundred five or minus one ten on BetMGM or minus one hundred five on PointsBet and FanDuel Sportsbook. So, uh, give me. So I got Michigan covering the twenty two and a half, and the Bears covering the nine and a half or covering the nine and a half against Dallas. So interesting. So, are you, are you now a Justin Fields believer? No. After that win against New England. No, but I think that offense and de- I think that defense can do enough, even though they got rid of. Uh, uh, What's his face? Robert well, Quinn. To, to I, be fair, I think they could do a lot. Robert Quinn has had one sack and one sack and six tackles this and year. And Dak, Dak so. and those Cowboys have not looked great. Dak's only been back one game, but he didn't look great first week. He didn't look Guys, great last the, week. The truth is, Cooper Rush is the way to go with Dallas. It's, 
simple That's the truth right now. So I, I don't know. I don't I think until Dallas picks it up and looks like an elite offense, I, I'm I'm going against them. Well, off topic, but what do you guys think about the uh Mac Jones Bailey Zappy situation? Bailey all the way, dude. I'll I'll at least give There's Bailey no reason Mike Jones should still be starting. I'll at least give Bailey credit for like being a, a straight he attempts to be a baller. You know, he, he tries to be a straight baller. He he is gonna chuck that damn ball downfield. So I'll give him credit for that. I don't know that he's overly talented enough to be pulling that off. Um, but I, I at least think he's he's more willing to take some shots compared to Mac Jones, where Mac Jones wants to play it pretty safe all game long. So that's my thoughts on their their thing right yeah, now. Yeah, I'll just say the the one thing that I know about Bill Belichick is that he doesn't give a shit about draft capital. He doesn't care where these guys were drafted. He's going to give them both a fair shot. Yeah, but he's also He's also crazy enough to actually make this a tandem quarterback room like all, for the rest of the season. I mean, at least until one of these guys really proves themselves, I'm not going to be shocked if, if Belichick not I'm not talking about benching players, but I'm I'm talking about actually using both guys in every single game for the foreseeable future until one of them starts to separate themselves and that I guess that really hasn't happened yet, but Belichick is the one guy who's crazy enough to actually throw both of those fuckers well, in there in the you, same game. I like that you said that because you don't see that in the NFL ever, um, but you do see that happen in the in college football quite a bit, as a matter of fact. And the Missouri Tigers did that quite a bit back in the day yeah. with a few different guys and quarterbacks and the kind of a grooming situation with like, you know, when Chase Daniel was coming up, and Brad Smith was still there for a year in the in-between phase. And then with other Matty Mock and, and so on, like Gary Pinkle, the coach of Mizzou at the time, would play both quarterbacks over the course of the game mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. kind of like see who would separate, you know, between the two guys. Um, and also as well as grooming the younger one to know how to come into game situations, which I think whenever that happened, that that bridge right there between Brad Smith and Chase Daniel that's what made Chase Daniel, I think, so effective was that he would come in, in the fourth quarter and like literally get get the game to himself in that situation. And it's like, okay, kid, go out there and figure it out. And like it worked out pretty well for for his sake. I mean, he's been still playing in the NFL for fifteen years, it seems like. But don't do you think the emotion that Mac Jones had being benched in that Bears game on Monday night has any effect for him going and starting on uh Sunday. I don't think he was benched. He I, was I don't benched. necessarily think he was benched. Are I you think kidding Belichick, me? Belichick said in the postgame presser that that was the plan all along to get both quarterbacks in there. And I thought it was interesting that word that you used, Mike, in grooming. Well, not only is Bill Belichick grooming two quarterbacks right now, he's also grooming two previously failed head coaches and Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. So he's doing a lot of grooming right now and like that's what i'm saying like i think that could be the plan going forward is to play both quarterbacks in the rest of these games until somebody steps out that's fair all right yeah. a couple comments here uh oh uh didn't do this here uh from mvp segment here uh carlos says i'm gonna say a name and don't hurt me but he says nick chubb for keeping the browns relevant screw the bills i'll never win the super bowl <laughs> well you guys already know how i feel about nick chubb <laughs> i don't have a half chubb i have a full chubb for nick chubb these days right. so. uh he says do not bet on nyc football teams so there's that which we all know uh, hey i was right about the jets though i my girlfriend was asking me about what to bet on for the weekend. Yeah. And I told her to take those Jets to cover the two against the Broncos. And boom. Do you take the Jets to boom. win versus Patriots this week? Um, Without Brees Hall, I don't know anymore. I don't know. Okay. okay. I don't know. Okay. Uh, your hey, dad- what, do you guys, what do you guys think about that London game right quick? Because I think the Jags, aren't they embraced over there in yeah. London as being kind of the home team? Yeah, that's the kind of true. Yeah, they kind of are the – I mean – I think they've been to London more than any other team in the league, actually. I think they seem to play there the most. But um, I actually like the Jaguars to win that game. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence has a good game. I think that just the Jaguars in general have a good game. And we get to see a full full workload for Travis Etienne yeah. now in Jacksonville. So we'll see how that plays Russell out. Wilson, Russell Wilson's playing hurt. So that might be my second. Nah, dude, he was, he was doing jumping jacks on the airplane. 
He's ready to roll, man. His last yeah, feeling good. Bum. He's got a bum hamstring, dude. Don't let that fool you. No, nah, he, he took a shot and just like shoved it right up there in his in his thigh, <laughs> and uh, he's good to go. He's good to go. It's you know you know it's like he used to say in Seattle. You know he would he would do his amped up thing and say go Hawks and you know the Broncos. It's it's uh, you know let's ride. He's ready to ride. He's ready to ride it out, man. I, I'm excited to watch him play and. You know, put up a fifty burger or something. You know, that's that's yeah. what he's made of because that sounds exactly like something Russell would do in his dreams. Man, oh man, let's get to these comments here. Uh, it is wet dreams, man. It is wet uh, dreams. Yeah. Yes, you're dating, <laughs> meaning that's never going to happen. Your dad said the results are in. Tom Brady is not the daddy. There we go. There's our Maori. Like, why do I keep saying his name weird? Maori. Maori. You know what's funny is when I was like 16 years old, I used to watch that show. Yeah. Like I sit there with my girlfriend and we just watch that Mari all oh, damn I day. I stay when I was stayed at home. <laughs> I was so. like, well, so I mean, well, I had I had Mondays off from school when I was a kid. What? And yeah. When you look, when you live out in the middle of nowhere, you get Mondays off from school, That's and dumb. just we we'd watch Mari all day long. It was the greatest thing ever. That's so dumb. And, and Judge Judy. Uh, yeah, Judge Judy's <laughs> the shit. Uh, uh, Carlos says, "There we go. Positive talk about the Titans." Also says, "Oh my God, the Packers! You better not lose. He better not lose it for you." That's what he's talking to Jason about. Uh, it also says, "Bills needs to re- Bill needs to retire. They all need to go." Sorry, Patriots. Uh, and then uh, your dad once it says, "Bronco country, let's hide." Let's hide. Yeah. Oh yeah. That sounds like something a lot of fans in Denver are probably doing right now. I love that. There's some hiding going on. I don't blame them. You know, they're they're going back at you know the, the, the Simpsons meme where he where uh, he Homer goes back into the bushes. In the bush. <laughs> <laughs> That's Broncos fans. Are, they come out. Oh, we got Russell Wilson. We're gonna win the NFC West. I lost my camera. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly how it goes. But yeah, Did Broncos change something. I lost my camera. What are you doing? Tanner, so first of all, we got a lot of green going on. Your your solo cup is green as well. Um, I know, but you can't see it because the camera's gone. That's what I mean. Are you you get too much green to affect the camera? Is that what's going on? No, I think it's actually like a software issue. Okay. They so they the app. Oh, we're back. Okay, so the app I have I use uh, for this camera to work with my iPhone. They updated it since Monday. So Monday it was fine. It was normal. So they must have updated it on Tuesday or this morning. And now you have to open up a program instead of just starting the computer. And now, I don't know. It's, it's like, cool. I like I like this setup. But if it turns off like this on us in an hour, like it's pointless. Tanner, I'm trying to learn HVAC. I don't got time to worry about all this <laughs> IT crap. All right. So Jason is, knows my, what I'm my brain is about. already full enough as it is. So. Did you guys see the box score on that Nets? Yeah, uh, Milwaukee Bucks game one ten ninety nine. Dude, they yeah. are all, they're looking an awful lot like the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm oh, talking about the that's another trash team. They're, dude, their bench, their bench is worse than the Sixers bench. Milwaukee didn't take a lead till the end of the third, so <clears throat> that's ridiculous. I'm just saying, like they're the the Nets bench. They didn't do shit tonight. Oh, it's bad. All right, well, if you guys missed anything out there. Uh, as far as Chiefs talk and so on, go back towards the beginning, and that's where I had my my little rant about Brett Veach and just some of my thoughts on his early picks, um, as well as they're talking NBA. Yeah, don't talk anymore. <laughs> yeah, you guys go into the NBA topics, and I'm I'm done. I don't talk about that crap until like March or April, so you guys can save that for a later day. <laughs> oh man, uh, let's see one more comment here. Hang on. Uh, Nets can't depend on the bench. That's very true there. And Carlos lives up that way, so he knows all about it. So, um, all right, guys, everybody, make sure you like, subscribe, follow, give us a follow here. Uh, you know, we got our uh, sports buffoons every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Central, right here on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, and Twitter. And then you can also catch us uh, on Monday nights for Buffoon and Bakins. We May not have a show Monday night because it is Halloween and I have a two-year-old daughter. So it may not happen, but uh, I'll post on Twitter what finally comes of it. Uh, and your dad wants to know, what about uh, NHL? Uh, NHL is cool. So I, I, did, did the abs lose? At least, hey, at least I can say the NHL, at least the games matter more than the NBA do right now. Uh, so, 
uh, I can send the link to your dad, to you or to your dad, but I got a guy that Monday night, Jim Beringer, he does NHL. He does right. full, yeah. full hockey. Jim, Jim's hockey. a super knowledgeable and he, he's Stupid. a fan. He's, he's from, a Giants he's over, fan, but he's a what? He's a Giants fan too. No, NHL. Oh, NHL. Yeah. He's Which, a, uh, uh, he's a, he's a New York area, right? Yeah, he's on the, the East New Coast. Jersey. New Jersey. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so I can send that to you because he does recaps and he also does yeah. a lot of uh, other NHL content that's would be way better than yeah Jim about. Jim's a good one to follow as far as NHL goes so I do like him. he kills I like the, does a great I job. like the Golden Knights Golden Knights are my hey they're killing team. it this year you guys know Las Vegas is my second home so that's my favorite hockey well they're about Golden. to be uh they're looking good for uh, a start championships you know what so. I do love those that. We went through this whole show, and we're not talking one word about what's going on in baseball because the, oh! the truth is, hold on, before you get all excited, calm your calm your half chub. Uh, the truth is, NHL is a better sport than the MLB by you got far. Got a show to do about that, all right? You got a show to do no, about that. So, all right, <laughs> before we jet out, I do. I forgot I was going to ask you this: Who wins the World Series, Houston or Philly? <laughs> How about, who wins it? How about I go to the restroom? I don't know, man. Like, I, who wins it? Who is it again? Right, Who's playing? Uh, Houston and Philly. Uh, let's go. Kevin Apier. Jason, who do you got? All right, just let me answer the question, okay? <laughs> you got to go for the underdog, okay? Because Houston Astros—they cheated way back when, and we need to hold them accountable. So I'm going for the underdog here, Philadelphia Phillies. Here we go. All right, there, that's my pick too. Then I'll go with him on that. That hey, that organization needs to be punished more than they were punished for their cheating. They're going to be really so. We're going to punish them even more by making them lose. So Philadelphia is going to have two championship teams this year: Dusty, Eagles and Phillies. Dusty go needs Phillies. a title, baby. Dusty needs punish a title. Go Houston. Let's go. All right, guys, we're out of here. We'll catch you all next yeah, week. I'm I'm done with all this nonsense. Let's go football. <laughs> Outro. See you guys. See ya.